The Heart of Grief is a podcast addressing issues of loss and the primarily emotional responses associated with it. The largest part of our programming does not deal with matters of faith. We do, however, believe that there is a spiritual piece of our human experience. This spiritual dimension is important and deserves our attention. The periodic Questions of Faith episodes address that spiritual dimension and is approached from a Christian perspective. For a more complete introduction to this supplemental material, please listen to our Questions of Faith episode zero. We want to express our appreciation to Martin Brothers Funeral Chapels in Lethbridge, Alberta for their key partnership in providing this program. This second installment of our Questions of Faith program features an interview I had recently with Michael Rose. Michael's work centers on the discipline of spiritual direction, bringing over 30 years of pastoral care experience to his work with individuals and with groups. Michael is an associate member of the Canadian Association of Spiritual Care. He is also associate chaplain at Chinook Regional Hospital in Lethbridge, Alberta. He is author of his first book, Becoming Love, and by the way, has given a very provocative subtitle to this book. If you're interested, and I hope you are, check it out on Amazon. Michael also publishes a podcast by the same title, The Becoming Love Podcast. Mike is a retreat leader, educator, and conference leader living in Tabor, Alberta. He is also a certified grief recovery specialist, and it was through that connection and our mutual friendship with Chaplain John Mormon that he and I became acquainted. Mike has an awful lot to offer anyone that's sincerely seeking a deeper spiritual life. I personally have been blessed and challenged by his teaching. You can learn more about him and what he does by visiting his website, IamSignificant.ca. My full interview with Michael is going to be divided into two parts for this Questions of Faith program. This first part publishing on October 31st, 2020, and then we're planning on part two for November 21st. I'm glad to be joined by Michael Rose. And uh, Mike, our first Questions of Faith edition featured an interview with your colleague, John Mormon, yeah, yeah. Uh, senior chaplain at Chinook Regional Hospital. And so I just thought it'd be kind of nice to follow up uh, and have you as guest number two okay. to talk about these things. Maybe you could just share a little bit about your history through issues of spirituality. and. Right. And yeah, well, it's always, thank you for the opportunity. Um, it's intimidating to come in the shadow of John, someone who I am quite fond of and, and a lot of respect for. Um, I guess about me, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't born in the church. I came to faith uh, in my early 20s. Uh, for me, uh, my younger life was, was around uh, trauma and acting out around trauma, I suppose. Uh, so there was a lot of violence in my life and a lot of uh, uh, substance abuse, specifically alcohol. And so in the midst of that, in the midst of, if you will, a come to Jesus in the sense that there were a number of things in my life that, that, were, that were coming apart. Um, I had to make some decisions, and, and so from that, I uh, I had this experience with with God, 
um, uh, through a church retreat that I got I got wrangled into going to and it was good it was a great experience but it was just the beginning and what I found was that I encountered this God that wasn't anything like I thought he was going to be I thought that this God was mean and petulant and lightning bolt throwing and temperamental and so forth and I quite expected that for me to come into contact with this God I was in for a beating and a half and uh, that's not the God that I met right and so my experience was meeting this God who loves and that experience did a number of things for me you know uh, scriptures tell us Christian scriptures tell us that God's perfect love casts out fear and specifically casts out fear of being punished right and so to be able to come and to be accepted uh, and experience that genuine love of God and knowing that I wasn't going to be rejected I wasn't going to be pushed away it was that first encounter with love that actually cracked over my heart and allowed me to experience love I think for the very first time for me that gave me the courage um, and provided the source of strength for me to begin to address the areas in my life that were broken, the areas that have been impacted by trauma, um, all the while seeming to test this love of God. And uh, at every step of the way, God was there, even when I wasn't so sure, even when I backslid, there was still that invitation and that love saying, all right, let's pick yourself up and let's start again. And I want to be clear, you know, God doesn't wink at our brokenness. He doesn't wink at our sin, if you will, and say, there, there. He wants to cure us from it. He wants to heal us from it. Um, but how he does that is really, um, he, he loves it out of us. And so that was, that was certainly my experience. And so experiencing that, um, it was really a significant lure in my life that kept drawing me deeper and deeper. So that involved uh, eventually getting into pastoral ministry and, and doing a whole bunch of inner healing work and uh, making things right with folks. And, and uh, probably the biggest thing was learning to forgive myself, to be quite honest. And in hindsight, that was the hardest thing. And through that, you know, a deeper relationship with people and with God and with myself um, that in so many ways is so much more life-giving than I'd ever experienced before. And so that just led to more things, you know, pastoring churches, outreach centers, uh, so forth, and just asking more and more questions, feeling this lure of the love of God drawing me deeper and deeper and asking questions. Uh, as part of that, I found myself in a situation where I found out that uh, you know, at a long-term care facility, there were a lot of people that were either ward of the state or their family members had stopped coming because of their dementia, what have you. And these people were having to die alone. And uh, that just broke my heart. And so I had the opportunity to start uh, volunteering there, um, doing spiritual care, and it was great. One of the things that my wife, she's a rec therapist, she, she said and she works a lot with a lot of people with various kinds of dementia. And she's asked, well, you know, how can you keep doing this? Keep going back to these people with dementia. Because two minutes after you leave the room, they forget that you were there. And her response all those years ago still rocks me today. She said, yes, that's true. But for those three minutes, they know they were loved. 
they knew that they know that they were cared for. And I mean, even as I'm as I'm sharing that with you today, like I just I just feel that in the in the depth of my heart that it is my conviction that genuine love makes a difference. Genuine love um, heals hearts, and so much. I think we make it too complicated, but I think what's a big thing is just being present, right? Being present to other people, um, and and for me, uh, and my experiences continue is that that the strength to do that, the inspiration to find that, um, for, certainly in my experience, has been through the person of Jesus and understanding that uh, Jesus is so very, very faithful. Thanks, Michael. I, I have a feeling that the ever-present love of God is going to be kind of a thread through our conversation here this afternoon, which yeah, is it, tremendous. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> and I should mention that we're, we're in a Tim Horton's restaurant right now, which normally is very quiet. Every time I'm here, normally it is very quiet. We get all kinds of noise. We left a much quieter place to come here thinking it would be better. For, but anyway, that's all good. When people have experienced really hurtful loss, it's not unusual for people to ask questions about faith in God and spirituality. Yeah. And that's the whole focus of this supplemental uh, supplemental programs. So what I want to do, Mike, is just to jump into the questions suggested by John Mormon okay. uh, for our previous yeah. episode. And I, I've kind of rephrased them a little bit. I'm just going to pose the questions to you and let you reflect from your point of view, okay? okay. So the first one has to do with when people feel some kind of a spiritual stirring going on yeah. in their lives. And the question really is, is God trying to talk to me in this situation? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very popular question. Um, and I think the, the quick answer is yes, absolutely. But I would caveat that by saying that the Spirit of God is talking to us all the time. Right? And, and it seems that in those moments of crisis and those in those those moments that seem to get our attention, right? That break us open, that that lays waste to our humility, or brings us to a sudden halt. Um, we can begin to hear a little bit. We're more conscious about hearing, and so so yeah. The, I, I would definitely say that in the midst of all things, that God is trying to speak to us. And I think I think sometimes, you know, oftentimes when we have these these issues, these catastrophic losses that puts us back on the heels and actually we begin to even think about those questions more deliberately so it's not maybe so much a question is God trying to talk to me is am I becoming more aware of yeah his yeah. voice yeah and I, th I think that's I think that's really for me that's been my experience I think that even looking at the community of the Godhead without getting into all the nuts and bolts of it, right? Is this, um, is, is this love that is very much in the shape of, of relationship, right? And I think that that is the same relationship or out of the outflowing of the love of that relationship that we're invited into through Christ, right? So it's becoming a, a, and bringing on that divine nature. And so I, th I think that's just our opportunity uh, to recognize that, that God is at work in the world, that God, um, 
I think is, is speaking to us. Um, and can we hear? Will we hear? Right? And I think that in lots of ways, the Holy Spirit is calling us to wake up. Wake up, and, and not, not so much in a heavy, nasty, condemning way, but come on, wake up so you can hear me. And I think that these crisis situations, they jar us out of our normal, and it gives us a fresh opportunity to hear. So is it fair to ask you, what might God's voice be inviting us to hear during these difficult times? Yeah. Um, for, from my perspective, my hope is, first off, that uh, these people are not alone. They're not going through what they're going through by themselves, right? Just the, the beautiful psalm, and this has come up so many times this past two weeks, is that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with me. You know, even in the presence of my enemies, in the presence of my cancer, in the presence of, of the death of my loved one, you prepare a table before me. And this is all relational language of the presence of, of a God who loves you. And that's that would be my, my first hope is that we can we can we can turn off some of the messages of condemn condemnation and shame. And the first thing we get is that we're not alone. And that with that comes a sense of love and peace. And I think that in lots of ways, um, while it, things are horrible, it can calm the surface of the, of the lake, you know, even just a little bit, so that maybe we can hear. But there's tons of promises, like this whole idea that who's God closest to? Those who mourn, those who are brokenhearted, right? And so we can know these things doctrinally, we can know them intellectually, but in those moments when we're brokenhearted, we can experience that in a deeper way. That, I think, very nicely leads to this next question. John mentioned that people want to talk about uh, some kind of reconnect or initializing a, a connection with a body of faith. And so the question is, is there a caring, supportive spiritual community? for me in times of significant loss and struggle. Yeah, I sure hope so. Um, yeah, I think most of the time people can find that. Um, I'm a big believer that healing happens in community. I think one of the things that concerns me with, um, and this is even recently with some with some friends who have lost their husbands, um, is, is isolation. Right? And that is a horrible place to be when you're hurting. And to have a thoughtful community around you that can be a genuine support. Not feel like they have to fix you or you know, give you a whole bunch of cliches, but to just be there with you, to listen to you, support you, look for opportunities to serve you and so forth. Um, there's probably no more precious a gift. And I, I think you find a lot of um, spiritual communities that are, that are wired that way, faith communities that are that way, that can be tender uh, and can be that safe place for people. Um, and I know that you're particularly um, leaning towards the grief recovery method. Um, those, are, I think, can be beautiful communities too, right? The, through the eight weeks of sharing and opening hearts and sharing life and grief, because everybody's got similar kinds of wounds. It's an opportunity to get out of your isolation and to come into a community and to be able to share and encourage each other. When people come together and they're vulnerable and they're trying to love one another, man, God is there, right? And, I, and from my, my own experience with uh, Grief Recovery Method, 
there is there is something something beautiful that happens mm. and can happen um, and I think that that could be um, though not overtly spiritual um, can certainly be a, a, a good spiritual community but I think uh, certainly if you can find yourself uh, a good healthy church community to be a part of uh, can be really helpful hanging on to that topic just a little bit for somebody who either has not been a part of any kind of spiritual faith community or it's been quite a while yeah how do they start into that or back into finding a place for themselves yeah yeah i this is where my mystic aspect kind of comes in i think that i think a lot of it is it it starts inside so so you've got you've got that that tug on your heart right and and i believe that that tug in your heart for for spiritual community is very much a gift of God, right? And so it's it's a bit of a lure that's being put out there. And so I think part of it is, okay, how do you want me to respond to this lure? And asking that prayerfully, right? And and that might be looking at a few church communities' websites. What do they what do they believe in? And does that fit with with what what you believe? Um, what kind? What does their community look like? What kind of programs do they offer? In what ways could you envision yourself being a part of that community? Um, not only as a consumer, but as a contributor to community. And sometimes that just means testing mm-hmm. and checking out. Maybe you have a friend that uh, is part of a community. You could say, hey, can I come check this out? And just because you've attended um, for a, a couple of times doesn't mean that you're locked in, right? You know, it's it's okay to look for that fit for a while, mm-hmm. um, but you're never going to find a perfect community, right? So take a step. You take a step. Check some things out. Yeah, it's a series of little steps. John kind of rolled a couple of questions um, into one. He said that people often ask him about uh, why God does not seem to be answering their prayers. And, and then often, more particularly, why is God not healing me when so many believe and are praying for this and trusting for this? Does God care about us, particularly in our pain? Yeah, I think scripture would affirm that, like I said earlier, that God is particularly close, if you will, um, to those who are in pain, those who mourn, those who suffer. Um, I mean, we're talking about a really big issue, right? And it's basically the issue of pain, of, of evil. And so there's a variety of ways that that could be looked at. I think that um, the reality is that we don't know. We don't know why God does what God does. What I do know, and it's my deepest conviction, that whether we are healed or not, doesn't change the fact that God loves us and hears us. Um, there could be other ways that God heals us. So I'm thinking about um, thinking about my wife's dad, and he just had a real problem with church and with Christians. But through his journey with cancer, um, things began to change for him, and he began to ask questions. Right, crisis broke his heart. He had to start thinking and and thinking outside of his current box. But it was such a such a neat opportunity that even though the cancer ended up killing him, 
before his death, he was more alive than than we had known, that I had known him in the, what, 20 years previous, right? Like there was a, there was a vibrancy in his life and there was a joy and just full of questions and, and, and somehow along the way, God had touched his heart in a deep way that, that just brought a lot of healing to some stuff in his life. Um, and sounds weird, but he died well. He died very, very well. For, for my wife, even losing her dad, that was a significant gift for her through that, right? Was to see her dad come alive in, in such a such a vibrant way, even in the valley of his of his dying, and uh, yeah, I think I think if you were to ask her today, she would say that that's one of the most significant things that she saw, um, the opportunity that she had to share with her dad. You know, it's just just beautiful. I sincerely hope you've been enjoying this conversation with Michael Rose. We're going to finish up our discussion with part two on November 21st. This will focus on the very important and sometimes difficult topic of forgiveness. I really hope you'll join us then. As mentioned, we love to receive comments and questions from our listeners. We invite emails to feedback at theheartofgrief.com. If you'd like to send us paper mail, it can go to The Heart of Grief, care of 610 4th Street South, Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, T1J4P3. And of course you can subscribe through your podcast service provider.